prison. Three small words that brought the collective pace of humanity to an absolute standstill. He is risen. Three words that shattered prisons. Words that shook the earth's foundation. Words that transformed a sense of utter despair into cries of pure joy and ecstasy. Echoes of greatest triumph that still shapes our reality. Even today we are assaulted by countless distractions, countless sources of raging war for our attention, yet three words pierce this noise. In our hunger for validation and cries for desperate love and attention, three words calm our anxiety. In a universe spinning at breakneck speed, three words proclaim the purpose of our existence. He is risen. Just look upon his undeniable truth and embrace the peace that lives within. Because of he's risen, all of the pursuits become secondary. All of our failures become insignificant. Because he is risen, we look to tomorrow. Who crushed death and set us free? There is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. And we know this because he lives. We know this because he is risen. Come on, church. He is risen indeed. He is risen. Do you see what I see? Resurrection 
Easter, everybody. He is risen. Yeah. It's a place where everyone is welcome. Nobody's perfect. The love is lived out, and anything is possible because He lives. I can face tomorrow. Come on, sing with us. Because He lives. All fear. All fear. believe this today that our life is worth the living can I hear you say it just
Halleluja. The angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. And Lord, I pray for our cathedral family and friends that are gathered here on campus and online. It's only you who can roll away the stones of doubt. You can roll away the stones of confusion. You can roll away the stones of sickness and despair. And I pray that you would come today and strengthen as you know what every person is dealing with. You know their losses, their struggles, their frustrations. But just like Good Friday, when Christ died, it can seem hopeless. But who can say, who can say, who can say that it's a bad day until all the days have been added up? Hallelujah. Lord, release your unending hope. Lord, release your unending joy, your unending strength, your unending favor. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus, amen and amen. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Risen, he's risen. Well, I want you to join me and declaring the Cathedral of Faith, affirmation of faith. Let's speak these words of Scripture with boldness and with assurance. Here we go. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God, and greatly is He to be praised. I am His child. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The weapons of my warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, as you're being seated, I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, Jesus is risen, your victory is given. Amen, amen. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. We welcome all of our family and friends that are with us on this resurrection weekend. Again, thank you for joining us on campus and online. It's so great to have you here. We believe you're gonna leave filled up with a special hope and strength as the power of God works within you today. Well, we especially wanna welcome those of you who are guests with us this weekend. If you're with us for the first or second time, 
I invite you right after service to head out the doors or out of the amphitheater, wherever you are, into the amphitheater area. Pastor Ken's gonna be out there and we have a special gift for you. He's written a book called Imagine Living Your Dream. And this is a free gift for you this weekend. For those of you who are guests with us, head to the amphitheater after service so that you can be able to greet Pastor Ken and receive this special gift. Also, another amazing thing, how many would like to wear hope? Amen. We have a lot of cathedral swag available this weekend. Shirts, sweatshirts, CDs, recordings. We're releasing I Am Courageous this evening. I encourage you to take that with you so that the power of what God's doing here, you can be reminded of it throughout the week. Well, again, it's great to be here with you. It's my privilege now to throw to Pastor Kurt out in the amphitheater. Well... Happy Easter Cathedral. Isn't it a beautiful day to be at the house of the Lord? Well, you're here. This is Super Sunday. We celebrate the life, not just any life, the resurrection life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the story of Easter is that God loved you and he loved me so much that he gave us his very best so we could experience God's best for our life. So we could experience more heaven on earth in our lives and through our lives. And here at Cathedral Faith, you're helping share the love of Jesus, not only here at home, but all around the world through all the ministries and campuses. Just want to highlight what God, through your generosity, what God is doing through our Italian ministry partner in serving the Ukrainian refugees that are coming into their country, that are fleeing Ukraine. Uh, through your generosity, we're helping to provide clothing, medicine, uh, groceries, uh, clothes, and shelter to those folks who are fleeing. You've given over $60,000 to help with that. So way to go, Cathedral Faith family. And then here at home to help serve the most vulnerable in our community through our Reaching Out Food Ministry. Just through the month of March, we've been able to give away over $3.5 million worth of groceries to 25,000 families representing 85,000 people in our community. So way to go, Cathedral, and helping us love people. And then God continues to make our church a target of his favor. Just this past week, we got some wonderful news from our ministry partner right here, Second Harvest Food Bank. We have a vehicle that we needed. We needed some new equipment, and they're stepping up, and they're giving that, and it's worth over $100,000. So thank you, Second Harvest Food Bank. Thank you, Cathedral, to help living out God's love and all the different ways of giving of your time and your talents so we can be a blessing, not only to those right here in our Bay Area, but around the world through your giving. So as we prepare to give, let's give with a heart of gratitude a heart of thanksgiving, and let's give God our very best, whatever that may be. Uh, easy ways to give here at Cathedral, you can give online through the Cathedral Faith app. Uh, you can text the number on the screen, or you can simply give your, your offering on your way out with one of the ushers. So let's continue this great Easter celebration as Manuel Romero and our Cathedral Arts team comes to minister to you as well as unto the Lord.
Easter morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just remain standing for a moment. And would you let Manuel and the rest of our team, the World of Arts team, know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate. Wow. I'll tell you, after that opening worship set, I needed oxygen. Hello. It's so good to see you. God is good. And all the time. So great to see our cathedral family and friends and guests, those who are here on site in the building, out in the amphitheater, those who are in your cars in the parking lot, and those who are watching online, different campuses around the Bay Area. We have come to celebrate that moment of all moments when Jesus came back from the dead. He is risen and hope is rising. And here's the big takeaway. I don't want you to miss this. I'm going to say a lot of stuff, but don't miss the big takeaway for today's service. The big takeaway is this, because Jesus has risen, we can rise too. Amen. Amen. So before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I'm rising up. Go ahead. I'm rising up. Now, I love kids during the holidays, and there was a five-year-old who was supposed to be in the Easter presentation, and he had a very important part. There was a moment in service he was supposed to walk out and deliver the line that the angel gave, that the line was this, he is not here, he is risen. So he walked out on stage, and all of a sudden he froze up like a lawn chair. Because he looked around, and being in front of all those people can make you nervous. And so he froze, and the director on the side of the, show, uh, of the stage whispered what his line was. He whispered it again and again and again, and then finally it clicked. The boy had it. He stepped up confidently in the mic, and this is what he said. He's not here. He's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess, in a sense, he's got it right. I mean, Jesus was at one point in prison. He was in the prison of death and hell and the grave. But thanks be to God, there was about to be a prison break. Can somebody say amen? And on Sunday, he broke out of that prison. He broke out. Would you say that with me? He broke out. And because Jesus is alive, he is risen. We can rise up too. If you find yourself in ashes today, there's a a bird in ancient Greek mythology called the phoenix. And the story of this bird is that when the bird's about to die, it Well, fire consumes it and turns it to ashes, but then out of those ashes, well, a bird emerges. And it's become a symbol that's been used, well, throughout the centuries. In fact, even in our culture today, in books, in film, in literature, in music, the phoenix is still a prominent symbol whenever something needs to rise up from the ashes. And when you go all the way back to the first century, the early followers of Jesus, they knew the power of this symbol. 
And they used it to speak of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That on that Friday, it was awful. It was just awful. The earth shook and trembled. The the sun couldn't watch it when it and hit its face. And when the Son of God was crucified, it looked like Jesus and his mission and his kingdom had been reduced to nothing but ashes. But then Jesus rises up out of those ashes. He is alive forever and forever. Can somebody give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. He is risen. Can you see yourself rising up to? Before you see it out here, it has to start in here. Today we look at a story on Resurrection Sunday of a lady whose life had been reduced to ashes. Her name was Mary of Magdala. And Mary, she had been a follower of Jesus. Jesus had rescued her from a tormented life. And ever since that point, he had followed, she had followed him. Followed him throughout his earthly ministry. Followed him all the way to the cross. And then followed him all the way until they put him in the tomb. And when that happened, the hopes of her heart were reduced to ashes. Nothing but ashes. And yet, beauty is about to break in. She's in the dark but the sun is about to come up in her world. And the Bible says in John chapter 20, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Mary's the first person, think about this. A woman is the first person to witness the empty tomb. A woman is the first person to witness the resurrection. A woman is the first person to be a witness to the resurrection. In fact, the most important message in history is given to a woman who has a history. Hello. Yeah. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to us who live in the 21st century in the Silicon Valley. But back in the first century... See what happened then. This is one reason why we can be confident that the resurrection story is true. Because if you were making up a story about Jesus coming back from the dead, you would never cast a woman as the lead character. Women were oppressed. Women were marginalized. Women couldn't even testify in a court of law. You would never in a million years make make a woman the lead character in the story of the resurrection unless this is in fact what actually happened. The Bible is saying just what happened, that Jesus is alive and we can take it to the bank, amen. He's alive, you can believe it, you can be confident. Boy, even here, Jesus is lifting up the dignity. You know, one of the early church fathers, Saint Jerome, he wrote this, he said, Is it not to women that our Lord appeared after his resurrection? Yes. And the men could then blush for not having sought what the women had found. Ouch. But even in his resurrection, Jesus is lifting up the status of women and the dignity of women. 
As the old saying goes, sometimes the best man for the job is a woman. And all the women said, all the women said, and all the men said, who will? <laughs> Jesus is alive. Can you see yourself rising up? Rising up out of the ashes of defeat, the ashes of despair, the ashes of depression. Boy, as the story continues, I'm rising up. Say it with me. I'm rising up. I want that to get in your spirit. As the story continues, what we see next is that everybody starts running. There's a, a friend of mine, and he has he knows a minister, and what the minister, uh, his job description was to, he lived in a rural area, and he would travel around to different rural communities and conduct funerals in those communities. And he would often drive with the undertaker, and they would go on the hearse, and sometimes they had to drive a long ways. Well, after one funeral, the minister was tired, and so he decided he was going to take a nap. Now, the back was empty, so he decides to get in the back of the hearse and lay down for his nap. Sounds kind of creepy to me. Well, he's sound asleep, and the undertaker pulls into a gas station, and the service station attendant, anybody remember those? The, surge, sir, the service station attendant goes to put gas in the car, and he looks in the window, and he sees this body laid out in the back. So he's kind of freaking out. But that's not anything. Because the pastor wakes up, opens his eyes, lifts up his arm, and waves at the man. And the minister said, you have never seen anybody run faster in your life. Pastors, we pastors can have a twisted sense of humor. Running. That's what happens around the tomb. Mary sees the empty tomb and she starts running. We read in John chapter 20, it says, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. She was running. And she, you know, when she tells the disciples, she's not thinking resurrection. At this point, she's thinking tomb raider. That Someone has raided the tomb of Jesus, stolen the dead body, and now they need to go find it. So what happens then? There's more running. In John chapter 20, we read this. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both what? Running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Why do guys have to turn everything into a competition? I'm going to get to the tomb first, right? All of this running, boy, I don't know about you, but it's just talking about it, it's making me tired. When it comes to running, my philosophy is this, no pain, no pain. <laughs> but around the tomb, everybody is running. There's more running in this story than in all the gospels combined. No one knows where Jesus' body is. Everybody's running to find it, and then Mary runs out of the dark and into the light. She was looking for a corpse, but she runs into a resurrection and she sees Jesus. Now, before she sees Jesus, we are told that she sees an angel. 
But the angel doesn't move the needle at all in Mary's heart. In fact, it's the only time in the Bible that an angel shows up and doesn't move the needle at all. It's kind of like Mary says, all right, an angel's here. So what? She's so lost in her despair. But, and even when she first sees Jesus, she doesn't recognize him. Was it still too dark? Did his resurrection body look a little different? Or we, was she just so overwhelmed by grief? What I've noticed in 40 years of pastoring is people can be so consumed by their grief that veil of tears can keep them from seeing that Jesus' presence is right there. But they can't seem to take hold of it. But Jesus is persistent. He says to Mary, woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? There are moments in life and, and perhaps, who knows, maybe you're in one of those moments even now where you just feel like crying. Your daughter is battling an addiction or you get laid off from your work or the doctor says, ah, you got cancer or your spouse walks away from you for somebody else. Or a loved one just passed away from COVID. There are moments in life we live in a broken world and that broken world can break our hearts. And in those moments, when we're in grief, we can start drowning in our own tears. But the good news of gospel of the gospel is this. Jesus is not only the God of the mountain, he's the God of the valley. Amen. And he comes to meet us right where we're at. And he'll meet you in your tears today. He really will. If you'll open up your heart to him. He says, woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Are you kidding me? He wasn't the gardener. She had it wrong. Or, or maybe she had it right. Because you remember that in the beginning of creation, the story of creation started where? In a And now the story of the new creation, it starts again in the garden tomb. That Jesus has come to reverse the curse that he's at work in our world to pull the thistles and the thorns and plant trees and flowers, that Jesus that was at work in your life and my life, and he is making all things new. Can we give him praise? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But then Jesus says, his name, uh, says her name, Mary. And that is the game changer. When someone calls your name. I saw these little videos on TikTok where moms would say their child's name and smile at the child. And then they recorded what the reaction would be. They were so cute. I had to show them to you. Call your child's name and smile at them to catch their reaction.
<laughs> There's always one kid in the bunch, right? Always that kid. I, I did a little research and neuroscience has been able to pinpoint what happens in your brain when someone calls your name. And when someone calls your name, it activates areas in the left hemisphere of the brain. And there are chemical reactions. The feel-good hormones of dopamine and serotonin are released into your brain. And that's why when somebody calls your name, it can be such a powerful moment. And when you hear Jesus call your name, friend, nobody can call your name like Jesus can. When Jesus calls your name, when the one who created you calls your name, when the one who redeemed you calls your name. Boy, in our world, well, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When you hear Jesus call your name, it can be a game changer. It really can I mean, it seems like so often in the world, what I am, all I am is really a number. I have a social security number and a driver's license number and a passport number. I have to take a number at the deli. But to Jesus, you're more than a number. You got a name. And in your heart of hearts, if you listen carefully, when Jesus calls your name, that can be a game changer and take your morning and turn it to dancing. Can you see yourself rising? Rising from the ashes of your loss, from your hurt, and from your pain. Isaiah chapter 43 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your He is risen, and we are rising too. I'm rising up. Would you say it again? I'm rising up. And that brings us to the, the last thing I want to give you as a takeaway from this story. Jesus says to Mary, go. Go and find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Wait a second. Time out. That can't be right. Jesus has a unique relationship with the Father. He is the eternal son of the eternal Father. They've had that relationship since eternity. It is his by right. And yet, what does Jesus do? He comes all the way from heaven to earth, and he lives the perfect life that we could not live. And then he dies the death that I deserve to die. And then he comes back from the dead, proving that he is who he says, says he is and could do what he says he could do. And to those who put their faith and trust in him, he takes the relationship that is his by right and he shares it with us, my father and your father. Let that sink in today. Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Oh, my. Go find my brothers and tell them. Tell them. I am ascending to my father and your father. When you know who you are, 
Well, let me put it this way. When you know who he is, you will know who you are. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do with your life. It all starts with knowing who he is. I can walk with my head high and my shoulders back knowing that God is my heavenly father and Jesus is my older brother. And if Jesus is your older brother, you don't have to be intimidated by bullies anymore. You really don't. Amen. Have you ever run into a bully? Yeah. You know, when I was a big brother growing up, and, uh, and, but I was the big brother, but I was never really that big. I was pretty small. I was what they call vertically challenged. And so I love to play sports, though, and I love to watch sports. I love to play sports, and I love to play baseball. And I have to say, you know, I was pretty good at playing baseball. In fact, the older I get, the better I was. And so... Uh, and you know, I have a picture, a, a baseball card of mine right up here. Uh, everybody's got to have a dream. That wasn't me, but that was my favorite player, Reggie Jackson. And now this is a card of me. Can we see that card? Okay, let's just say it all together. Uh, I don't know. James, I was so cute back then. I'm not sure what happened. But I'll remember, what I ne I'll never forget this one game. I was playing second base, and so there was a runner on first. The ball was hit to our third baseman. I ran over to cover second base. I took the throw from him. I made the turn, threw to first. We got the double play. But let me tell you what else happened. The guy running from second base, he came after me. He broke all the rules. And he tried to knock my head off, <laughs> off my shoulders. He knocked me all the way to the ground. And then he just stood over me. And he was larger than me. So there was not much I could do about it. Because that's what bullies do. But our shortstop, on the other hand, he was my big brother. In fact, he was big. He was really big. I've got a picture of him right up here. You can see how big he is. He wasn't quite that big. But you get the idea. And when he came over and he told this bully, knock it off. Guess what happened? He knocked it off. Now, I want this to get in your heart. If you lean into the reality every day, what if you woke up in the morning and you knew that Jesus is your older brother? How big is Jesus? The creator of the universe is your older brother and he's watching out for you. Bullies will still show up. I mean, they will. The bully of anxiety. I mean, the bully of insecurity. The bully of negativity. The bully of social media. All those kinds of bullies will still show up. But when you know who you are and you know whose you are, you don't have to be intimidated anymore. You don't. God's my father. And Jesus is my older brother. Even when the bully of death shows up. Ray Charles, the late singer Ray Charles, he once said, live every day as if it were your last because one day you're going to be right. 
And the bully of death will show up. But even when death shows up, we don't have to be intimidated. Because Jesus broke the power of death. And because he is risen, we shall rise too. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm rising up. Say that with me. I'm, I want you to hear from a friend of mine. He's an icon in Bay Area basketball. He played at UCLA and then went on to play for the Warriors. And listen to him talk about how he faced the bully of adversity in his life. Well, it's a funny story uh, because I wasn't really interested in basketball. I was interested in baseball. My dad played for the Milwaukee Braves organization with Hank Aaron when he was growing up. So I wanted to be a Yankee. So I started playing baseball at seven. And with that being said, my parents always felt that the more activities we got involved in and the more that we were involved in, in uh, team sports, the better we grow as, as people. So I got to play basketball at seven and found out I was just as good at basketball as I was in baseball. From there, I was drafted by, I was supposed to be on the Lakers uh, by Jerry West, was gonna take me. I was excited to stay home in LA because UCLA. And then Coach Addles called and said, I'm gonna be a first round pick with the Golden State Warriors. We're bringing you home. It was the greatest moment in my mom and dad's life because um, that was a dream of theirs and with my bonus, helped them get their five bedroom house. So it was, for me, it was always about family, Jesus family and to this day it's like that. The greatest thing I can say about Jesus is he's an unconditional God. He conquers all things. He says all things are possible. He didn't say some things. He didn't say maybe, not kind of some things. He said all things. Through my life, I know one thing I can say about adversity, no matter what comes my way, no matter what age, I know when adversity knocks, I know I can look at it straight in the eye and smile at it because I've conquered it. Through Jesus Christ, I've conquered it. It could be sickness, it could be whatever. And my message to the players I train is all of our journeys from A to Z are so different, but because of God standing next to us in that fire, like he did the three brothers, we know we can get through anything because he's, he's with us. Um, that's the God I serve. And it doesn't matter what adversity that I have facing me. I know that he is my source and my power to overcome all things. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment as the World of Arts team uh, gets ready for the last number. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, you know, I, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I'm an admirer of Jesus. I really am, but I've never, I've never stepped across the line and become a follower of Jesus. Every journey starts with a step, and you can take that step today and become a follower. And if you would say, I want to do that today, Pastor Ken. I want to become a follower of Jesus. Would you lift up your hand real high? And I just want to agree with you that today's your day. God bless you. All over the bottom floor, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, you'd say, hey, Ken, that's me. 
That's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Out in the amphitheater, cars in the parking lot, those watching online, God sees your hand. He sees your hearts. Let me say a prayer for all of us. Father, thank you for those who are becoming followers of Jesus today. All heaven throws a party at what's going on in this moment. And Jesus, we receive you as our Savior. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and we put you in charge of our life. We surrender our life to you. And God, I pray that all of us would have a new vision as we leave here today. That wherever there's brokenness, ashes in our lives, that because Jesus is risen, we can rise too. I'm rising up from the ashes. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said amen and amen. Amen.
Again, would you stand with me? Everybody stand with me. Would you let the World of Arts team know? Demi, thank you so much for being here. Let them know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate. I'm rising up. Say it with me. I'm just a couple quick things before I dismiss you. One is out in the amphitheater, one of our parishioners has a flower booth. So if you'd like to take home some flowers for Easter, she's going to be out there and, and you can just take one. It's, it's, a, it's free. And so uh, she set that up in the amphitheater. We're very grateful for uh, her and her company for doing that. And then um, just uh, something that came up just this week in May, May 14th, we're going to have as a special guest, uh, the girl, the movie, The Soul Surfer, about the girl who uh, was a surfer and a shark bit off her arm and she overcame adversity. Bethany Hamilton is gonna be our guest right here at Cathedral of Faith. Just found out this week, so there's life after Easter. And then finally, would you look at over here? I've got a baseball, and look at here, sweetheart. She sat here the whole service. She listened to me preach. She didn't fall asleep. And I want you to have a baseball. Now, I signed this baseball, Pastor Ken, so it probably reduced the value of the ball. 
But I also put a scripture here, Hebrews 2, 11, that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. So I always want you to know when you have this baseball that Jesus is your big brother and he's watching out for you, okay? All right, sweetheart. <laughs> Amen. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, especially this week, every day, may you wake up knowing Jesus is risen and I'm rising up too. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, Happy Easter, Cathedral.